Good morning, church. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate that. Keith Green. Him. Well, this morning I want to talk about seasons of life. Wow. Seasons of life. While living in mainland China and teaching English at a university, I had the privilege and opportunity to go to an English corner and at an English corner. Uh, it wasn't just for students at that particular site or the Chinese would say unit, but there would be people from uh, throughout the town that would come over to practice their English and, and uh, ask questions. Well, one of the questions that came up more than once um, in the various times that I go there is about um, people hating their job, hating their situation where they live and just life in general. And then they ask me, well, what's your opinion? You know, what do you think about your job? And I said, well, I, uh, I tell them that I enjoyed my work. And they kind of looked at me like, Wait, some sort of nut? And I said, well, the reason I enjoy my work is because I don't work for myself. I work for someone who cares about me and cares about you. And they're like, what? And I said, well, when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ, when I asked God to come in to my life, there was a real change change in my attitude about my work, a change in my attitude about where I live, all these things came about. Now, is that to say that I'm always happy and I'm like the Cheshire cat that has the big smile? No. There's times I get disappointed. There's times I get ticked off at things. But the thing that made the difference is that having a relationship with God I can talk to him. They looked at me kind of like, what do you mean, talk to God? You know, well, yes, you can talk to God. You can know. You can know his son, Jesus Christ. You can know the true and living God. And so, in sharing that, this morning I wanted to talk to you about the importance of an individual's responsibility to God and man, and that our daily experiences in life, no matter how mundane and insignificant they may be, we will one day give an account to God. In 2 Corinthians 2, verses 5 through 10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the Corinthians about how we live our lives before God and man. And that God's gracious gift of salvation doesn't free us from, faith, from the faithful requirement of faithful obedience. Our daily relationship with the Lord is what sustains us as, and equips us for the seasons of life. 
And when I think of the seasons of life, I'd like for us to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians, one of my favorite books, even as a kid, I always uh, amazed me. Beginning in verse 1, it says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Ecclesiastes, what did I say? Oh, my coffee whizzed out, I guess. I'm sorry. Okay, it is Ecclesiastes. Okay, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Wow, if anyone looked at what are seasons, here it is. You know, when I read this, one of the first things that comes to my mind is uh, the time of born and a time to die. I think about uh, the times that uh, both my children were born, Mary Beth and Ben. That was a really special time in my life. That was a season. Now they're young adults. And then a time to die, I had the privilege of being with my parents at their deathbed as they went to be on. We experience different seasons and times, and um, I also think about some other things. I think about the time um, being 19 years old and in the Navy off the coast of Vietnam, and 10 years later, a healing time of actually helping Vietnamese learn English here in the United States. Who would ever think that in a time of war and a time of peace? But that, that season happened in my life. When I think about the passage, a time to tear down and a time to build, I, I can't ever forget the time of working on Paul Brigard's roof, tearing down those shingles and re, redoing the whole roof and Jim Barger, and also my very first house on North Marion. A time to tear down and break up, build up. The point in this passage in Ecclesiastes is that God has a plan for his people. He provides cycles of life, each with its work to do. He also sets us in the exact place of where we're to be born and where we're to die. God has planned for us today. You all, this is your season to be here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In reading Acts 17, 26, this is a good passage that I've heard from this pulpit years ago that still rings true. For one man, 
he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times for them, the exact place where they should live. You know, this is a good missionary passage, but just from a practical down to earth, have you ever thought about, you know, where you live and where you're at on the globe? I don't know about you, but I have numerous times. You know, there's been seasons in my life where I've been here in Tulsa, I've been in California, I've been in mainland China, I've been in the Ukraine, been various places. But what's encouraging is the Lord reminds us that he sets them in the exact place where they should live. So that's an encouraging verse as we think about the seasons in our life. You know, Mike and his dear wife is going to be overseas when he says very soon, and yet God has determined that. It's good to be reminded of those things. I'm also reminded that in the history of nations, there is a time of planning and uprooting. In Jeremiah chapter 18, it says, If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, or destroyed, and if that nation I warn repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if another time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I had intended to do. You know, when I read this passage, I think about the responsibility we have to God and to our fellow man is to pray for our nation and its leaders. I'll be honest, there's times I really struggle with the disappointments in the current leadership. Yet, I am reminded that I too will give an account to God of what I have done. Just like these men and women in leadership will be given that time to stand before their maker. Proverbs 6 reminds me of some specific things I need to remember how I treat others and how I think about them. In Proverbs 6, there are six things the Lord hates. Seven are detestable. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush, into evil, a false witness who pours out lies. Here's the seventh one. And a man who stirs up dissension among the brethren. I'm going to read that last one. God really hates that. That's the worst of the, the litter there, you might say. So we need to guard our hearts from engaging in activities in our workplace, in our home, or here in TCF. We need to think about before we speak. We should probably ask ourselves, will this honor the Lord? Is it really something that I need to say? You know, in Hebrews 10.25, it says for us to stir up one another uh, all the more of the day draws near. But it is love and good deeds, not a bloody nose. If we're going to stir up one another, 
We don't need to aggravate and agitate people. We need to with love and good deeds. Also, the scriptures admonish us that we need to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Taken from uh, back in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, There is a time to be silent and a time to speak. I found in Amos chapter 5, it says, Therefore the prudent man keeps quiet in such times, for the times are evil. Seek good and not evil, and you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you, just as you say he is. Isn't that neat? Lord will be with us just as we say he is if we will um, do good and not evil and recognize there's time to say things and not. You know, when I uh, deal with the traffic like everyone else here in the city of Tulsa, I'm often reminded that uh, uh, my flesh wants to have this perverted satisfaction of kicking the stuffings out of some individuals, Right? But we've got to remember that it's short-lived compared to eternity. Why engage in 30 seconds of pleasure when you're going to have to stand before the Lord? Yeah, that's a sobering thought. I don't think about that all the time. If anything, this morning, I really want you to remember, if you have this real perverted urge to want to kick the stuffings out of someone, don't do it. Okay? <laughs> We need to be reminded also that our adversary is not flesh and blood, but powers and principalities of darkness. The demons of hell want to confuse us as we seek to live a godly life, keeping our focus on the one who loves us and died for us is a struggle at times. But I find that in reading the Psalms, um, it helps me to stay focus, not just the more in quiet times that some of us are in the habit of doing, but by reading Psalms, here's one I would like to bring to mind, Psalms 55. But I call to God, the Lord who saves me, evening, morning, and noon, I cry out in distress, and he hears my voice. He ransomed me unharmed from the battle waged against me. Even though many oppose me, it is God who enthrones forever. He will hear them and he will afflict them. The men who never change their ways and have no fear of God. You know, when I think about many who are against us, you know, I don't have a bunch of people with guns and knives staring at me, but the thing I do have in the reality is. There are principalities and powers of darkness out there who seek to destroy me and seek to destroy the people I love. And we need to be reminded not to uh, get off in some tangent of looking for every demon under the, the counter, but to realize the reality. I'm here in the flesh, but I also have to contend with powers of darkness. So I want to encourage us to remember that the battle is not our own. The Lord is with us. Now, the latter part of that passage there in Psalm 55 I thought was really good. 
men who never change their ways and have no fear of God. You know, walking the Christian life isn't a, a simple uh, one-two and you've got it. It's a lifetime of trial and error. Some days I'm, I'm doing really good, and other days, hmm, not so good. But the thing is, I want to change. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be the man who never changes his evil ways and doesn't fear God because I have a responsibility to walk humbly before my God, to love mercy and do the right response to those around me. In Hosea 6, 3, we're reminded, to acknowledge the Lord, let us press on to acknowledge him. As surely as the sun sets, he will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. You know, this morning we experienced a nice little quick shower, but it was so refreshing to see it rain after so many days of the heat and watching things just kind of shrivel up and die. It's just so refreshing to know that the Lord is like that with us, that he will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. You know, I think of people I've met throughout the years being disappointed, bitter, and later running away from the things of God. And I just want us to be reminded that we all, there's no one exempt from it, we all will face disappointments. In fact, in Jeremiah, uh, we've, in Lamentations 3, it says this, that when our soul is dis downcast within, he says, yet this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Now let's take a note here. Yet this I call to mind. You know, walking a life with God, we have to call to mind. And this morning, that's another thing that I want us to remember, that we need to call to mind the things of God. We need to have hope and not um, go into uh, Great Depression. Because it's the Lord's great love that we're not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. You know, there are times when we're discouraged and frustrated that we need to say that. You know, say that to one another. Say that from within, that the Lord is my portion. I'm going to wait for him. And the verse goes on in Lamentation. says, the Lord is good to those who seek him. And it is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. You know, we've heard it over the years. The old statement, uh, disappointments are God's appointments. You know, it's a true statement. It may sound corny to some of you, but there's truth in the kernel. God gives us seasons in our life. And it's a good thing to remember that especially when you're going through day after day where it seems like all that you're doing is eat, work, and sleep, timing is important. The secret place to God is with the reality of discovering 
accepting and appreciate God's perfect timing. But the problem is, what gets us discouraged is that uh, we begin to doubt and we begin to resent God's timing, whether it's getting married, whether it's uh, getting the job that we wanted, you know, whatever it is, God's timing is, is good. In fact, I'll never forget the time in China that uh, we were getting ready for um, Chinese New Year, and we got our plane tickets, we're really looking for a time to going to Hong Kong to see other teachers there uh, on holiday. And on the day that we were to fly out, the tickets were um, no good. And then we had to do a few little negotiation, and we were able to get the tickets um, picked up. Well, I was pretty ticked, pretty frustrated, because I was wanting to get into Hong Kong, wanting to get there at a certain time into Guangzhou, and it didn't happen. And we got on the plane, and we flew into Guangzhou, and, and it, was, it was getting uh, dark. And uh, lo and behold, as our plane comes, parks up right next to another plane. And in China at that time, uh, you didn't have to uh, go like where we have the carousel. You had to walk down the plane, walk across the tarmac. Well, lo and behold, Zell Gaston, I don't know if some of you remember Zell Gaston. He's a former TCFer. Um, he, with the Fikes, uh, lived there in Guangdong province where they spoke Cantonese instead of where we spoke. It was a different dialect in Cantonese. Cantonese, by the way, has seven levels, and it's like you're kind of singing. Well, anyhow, Zell was pretty good at it, and, you know, he also brought to our attention that there was an overnight ship that we could take, you know, because we missed the, the late train from Hong Kong into, uh, I mean, from Guangzhou into Hong Kong. Whereas um, we were able to get on that ship, and I thought, as, uh, as I was going to sleep that night, I was thinking, you know, here I was ticked off thinking that, you know, the tickets, you know, were wrong in my mind, but then I saw that all these things fell into place. In fact, that we not only got on uh, a, a place where we had friends, that we could speak English and not simple English, we had a good meal, we weren't rushed, and we had a quiet place to sleep and take a, a shower, which was really a real commodity living in China at that time. So all that God was, was blessing us, but reminded me that I need to uh, be careful not to uh, resent or doubt God's provision. Well, this morning, I hope that you'll remember to discover daily and accept and appreciate God's perfect timing in our life. One of the big reasons that we get discouraged and disappointed is that we fail to look at our situation from God's perspective. You know, in Psalm 73, 
that's such a neat passage because uh, in it, I think a lot of us can really identify with the fact that sometimes we get upset and jealous of the carefree life of the wicked. And as you read on in Psalms 73, um, here the writer is saying, man, it's just so oppressive to see these guys just live like, uh, like kings and, and I'm struggling. And yet, the passage that really hit me was the fact that until, he says, the writer says, until I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Sometimes when we see people who prosper, we see things that, you know, wickedly are, are uh, seem to get ahead of things that we need to know God. And there is a destiny for each of us. So to wrap up this morning's message, God does have a plan for us. He provides us cycles of life, each with its work to do. Some things that what we engage in may not seem apparent value or spiritual work. But here's the important thing is, how do we treat people? Because how we treat people, we will stand before God. God has set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning and the end. God does give us the ability to be satisfied with our toil and our work if we seek him first. His rule is in our, our hearts. It's when his rule is in our hearts, then our attitudes can change. But here's the thing. We face many problems that may seem to contradict God's plan. We should not allow these to be barriers, but to believe in him and to discover that without God, life's problems have no lasting solutions. So I'd like to uh, close here with the last verse in Ecclesiastes. As we have a responsibility to God. In fact, um, in Ecclesiastes it says, Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So, Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for reminding us that what we say and do in this life does matter. How we treat people does matter. Most of all, Lord, I pray that each of us, as we go into this new week, whether at work or at home, that we would be reminded of your love towards us. Lord, that you are faithful. Your mercies are new every morning. That when we struggle with the things of this life, the disappointments, that we can cry out to you and see your faithful hand in our lives. It is through Jesus Christ we pray these things. Amen.